Well, let's uh, let let's start with the classic uh, start, right? Is that how the, how we're gonna do this? Somebody once explained the mechanics of Cascade to me. I ain't the smartest magical wizard. They were looking pretty wild with spirit guides exiled to cast a combo of just one card. Well, the car's not flipping, CNC's not hitting. There's a bend in the rules that'll have you shitting. It doesn't make sense and it ain't no fun. Modal double face cards interact real dumb. Cast this Valky, but not really. Cast it both instead. See this deck sweet. This is the best kind of game. The kind that plays out all the same. Hey now, Cosmic Imposter, get your emblem, great plays. Hey now, Cosmic Imposter, exile top cards, good game. Seven mana walker on turn one, only fire design could be so dumb. It's a cool deck, cause it cascades, so it wins games, unlike Stoneblade. The original version went unplayed, but now it looks like Oko in cosplay. So many thieves across the multi-planes, security is non-existent in this game. Nexade is killed in the war, Oko stole crowns and elf things for sport. Hey now, Cosmic Imposter, get your emblem, great plays. Hey now, Cosmic Imposter, exile top cards, good game. Seven mana walker on turn one, only fire design could be so dumb. The FFL, the FFL is doing a great, doing a great, the FFL, the FFL is doing a great job, a great job in design. Hey now, Cosmic Imposter, get your emblem, great plays. Hey now, Cosmic Imposter, exile top cards, good game. Seven mana walker on turn one, only fire design. Somebody took to Reddit to discredit the setting that puts Tibble off a cascade. I said, yup, what a concept. I could use the planeswalker myself and we could all play the mirror match. Well, the bands start coming and they don't stop coming. Pre-announcements on secret layer drops stunning. Nothing makes sense, but the game's still fun. Modal double face cards gonna act real dumb. So many thieves on multi-plane security is non-existent in this game. Okay, everybody that stayed in was killed in the war. Dead! Oh go, out things for sport. Hey now, cosmic imposter, get your emblem, great plays. Hey now, cosmic imposter, exile top cards, great plays. Seven mana walker on turn one. Only fire design could be. Hello and welcome to Eternal Dirtles. I'm your host, Zach Clark, and with me as always, Nathan Golia and Phil Blackman. Phil, Nate, how's it going, guys? <laughs> it's over! <laughs> We're live! It's all over! I can't na, believe na, it's na, finally na, over! Na, 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 na. Hey, I just hey, want hey. to... This, I am going to take uh, an opposing stance immediately. Oh, no, you're not. <laughs> they did the right thing, right? They got rid of Oko, they, they, it's gone, and that's great. 
But also, that shit should have never been legal for in this format <laughs> in the first place. Like we we are being like, oh, thank you so much for punishing for stopping the punishment that you shouldn't have been putting on our format anyway. I can't believe how how good it feels. Yeah, I'm it's, excited. It's, it's it's nice to know <laughs> that like there's a whole bevy of cards that were playable before Oko and that just fell off the face of the earth because you know you can't it's a it's a self-made engine win condition prison piece card advantage whatever that now you get to play again it's it's fun to feel like oh wow all the toys that were just sitting in the toy chest that i couldn't play with i get to try out now yeah i think that's it i'm gonna raise a glass to freedom here i've got this cellist white it's a austin thing because actually i'm i'm in texas which if you have heard is under an insane deep freeze i'm lucky i have power and internet. yeah dude one last one last bite from snowco i feel like yeah right i know can you believe it i know <laughs> got uh, hit by that astrolabe get just yeah, smacked we're, we're, in the face by when, it when we get into it i actually think that uh you know one of the topics that we're going to talk about also chat like feel free to to throw things that you, you want us to, to to move through but when when we have uh, when we get to Uro, I actually still think that snow is still the best spot for Uro, even without Astrolabe. But we'll get into that. <laughs> yeah, we'll get into it. Well, let's start. Let's start. We're gonna jump right in. Got I got my notes here, and we're gonna just start by talking. I want to start. This was at the bottom of the announcement, which I thought was kind of funny. We're gonna go back up to the top, and just note that the Cascade Valky Tibalt interaction is changed. Uh, modal double face cards. This is what they said about it. Modal double face cards were designed to allow both faces to be playable in all situations. For example, if an effect lets you cast spells in the graveyard, players expect to be able to cast either face. Feedback has shown us, however, that in situations where certain criteria are mentioned, being able to cast player cast the back face when it doesn't meet those criteria is not intuitive. That's a nice way of saying, like, please stop, please stop over, tweeting us. Over <laughs> under, over under six feedback. months. <laughs> Over under six months, had the pandemic never happened, and they were actually receiving pizza and yeah, right. signs in their in their parking lot, that we would have had a change to the ban list. Over or under six months more. I think. Oh, we mean we would. I think would have happened immediately. Under. Yeah, yeah I think. I think we, 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 we lived with. We lived with this for an additional year because of yeah. the pandemic. Yeah, it so. wouldn't have happened if we could just send them pizza. All right, so the upshot is that now you can cascade into both sides of a double face card only if both sides are under the casting or meet the cascade requirement of being less than the casting cost of the card that is cascading. <laughs> it sure does feel like that's the intuitive thing, even though it sounds yeah. super complicated, right? It sounds more complicated than it is. Like a lot of things in Magic, by the way, it sounds like that, but are actually pretty easy once you once you boil it down. That does mean that if you have a, if you're cascading and uh, both sides of double face card meet the requirements, you are actually able to um, to cast the backside, which may actually be busted. Actually, I was talking to we were talking to someone on Reddit, or I was talking to responding to a comment on Reddit um, to our last episode, and uh, the player said that uh, that if there's a reason they're doing these old face cards, and they might you know if they they might just not be able to fix this in a way that will prevent other broken things. We'll see if that happens. Um, Real quick, I want to uh, shout out to the chat. Uh, so uh, there's a couple of things going on there. Uh, so uh, Roland said companions were a mistake, but Oko, uh, uh, but the Oko ban was long for that was a criminal. Uh, so that was criminal to have it for that long. Uh, 
Anubis says ban Sensei's top. Uh, ban Sensei's top. Ban Sensei's top. Ban all over again. And we're going to get some hot takes on uh, Stoneforge Mystic Chalice of the Void and Rashidden Port. Thank you for actually reminding me about Stoneforge Mystic. I think. Yeah, because I. You're um... the only person that pronounces it Rashidden Port. <laughs> oh, you know what? I forgot to queue up before we started because my internet crapped up. But I did, I did, Phil, go back and listen to our discussion on on uh, on Dreadhorde Arcanus versus Augur of Bolas. And the Yo, one any... thing Phil said, you know, Phil, you turned out to be right because you said Augur of Bolas, <laughs> unlike Dreadhorde Arcanus, is playable. <laughs> unlike Dreadhorde Arcanus, Augur of Bolas is playable. And uh, that means Nostradamus that... himself. Yeah, he was right the whole time. So um, <laughs> Yo, everybody, everybody dunking on me for being like, yeah, Dreadhorde isn't playable. Guess what? It it isn't. <laughs> yeah, literally unplayable. Unplayable. I was um, right. I have never been wrong. I have never mulliganed. I have never lost a game. I'm gonna put SFM and port. Uh, <laughs> no, that's true. <laughs> Did have chalice on there? Yeah, let's actually put chalice up here. Um, oh God, no! Everybody, uh, just let, let me let me put just squash anybody who's like, we need Chalice. Chalice is healthy. It is not. If yes, you break is. your back, and then you can suddenly walk again, but it's extremely uncomfortable. That's not good for you. It's still bad. It's no, still bad. It's more like this is more like, you know, a, Chalice is like a speed limit, like. Yeah, you can go. You can go 100 miles an hour. Chalice is an, Chalice you is probably a, only go 70. Dude, Oko the Oko format was like the entire highway just exploded. Chalice is a 24 car pileup. Like uh, actually, either this, way, you're not soon. getting. As you're still Texas not getting resident, where you want to go. As a you're Texas not getting where you want to go. Um, that, that is still on the. Uh, that's that's Let still me, fresh on our minds. I'll put it like this. Chalice of the Void is the Ted Cruz of Magic Cards. No, it's not. Chalice of the Void is John Cornyn of Magic Cards. No, sure. Look, we'll be... <laughs> Where are you going to find content for songs? Oh, we, we've got some songs. In fact, uh, if you, if you yeah, listen to this a... again later on, you will Dude, hear I have to record. record. I have to record. Yeah. Where am yeah, I going to yeah. find time? This is going to go up tomorrow. I'm not going to have time to record. No, because the... we're, well, I can hold it because everyone's watching it now. If you, if you I mean, I, now, I, I, wrote, I, like, both Zach and I wrote uh, specific, like, Tybalt specific parodies. That are only going to be relevant for exactly this episode, and that's it. That's so it, that's you know, it. Got yeah. to get it in. Got to get it in while you can. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, turns out you could have cast Adventures off Cascade the whole time. That I didn't realize, but now you can. Man, I could have had that that giant that like counts all my lands for power and toughness for two mana. I did not know that. Yeah, dude. <laughs> no, was that the giant Be- Beanstalker? Be- uh, I guess I would have had to cast a Bloodbraid Elf into it to get it to yeah. get that to happen. The Beanstalk Giant, yeah, get that mm-hmm. guy. Okay, so let's start. I got some portions of the Legacy announcement. It's a very long announcement, obviously, for Legacy because they didn't do anything for you know a year and a half. What were they doing? Actually, it was more like a year because they just said they did ban the rest. But I love this. While balance hasn't looked problematic in Legacy. We've heard community feedback that a few cards have come to draw too much of the focus for deck building and gameplay. This is really a CYA statement because what they're saying is like, we don't think the game's unbalanced, but people think that some but cards people do <laughs> so, that a few cards have dr- draw too much of the focus. Isn't that literally a balance question? Yeah. So, you know, okay, whatever. Um, blah, blah, blah. Because of its power and flexibility, Oko can provide an easy answer even to unanticipated threats and defenses and generally homogenizes gameplay patterns in a way that's counter to the spirit of the format. Hey, we got a spirit of the format idea here, right? 
I, yes. yo, I, I don't understand. It feels like the cards that they banned are transgressive cards that need a place to live. Yeah, what about that? <laughs> <laughs> That's very transgressive. Yes, exactly. Um, Arkham's Astrolabe allows mana bases to have both high color flexibility and high resilience to mana denial. That is a uniquely important part of the legacy metagame emphasis mine. I like that they, they acknowledge that, that they think that mana denial is part of the legacy game metagame for a reason. It's so weird to me, though, that like they are, when they do this stuff, I mean, props to them for finally making the moves, right? But it's weird when they read, when they do something like Arkham's Astrolabe, where they just rephrase exactly what Arkham's Astrolabe does. So it's like, you guys tested, you guys designed this. This isn't this isn't some mystery that was uncovered that suddenly there's like just infinite flexibility in your mana base that isn't susceptible to wasteland from this card's design. Like, yeah, obviously there's infinite color flexibility when there's a thing that says draw a card for a mana, make any color you want. My guess is that they just didn't think that snow would be playable. They didn't think that snow, well, or that it would be so no downside playable, but then they've made yeah, a bunch I, of cards I, that have high downside. We're going to talk about why we think yeah. snow is still playable. Okay. Oh, totally. Yeah. Uh, ultimately, think that a narrow class of decks having such resilience for relatively low investment is an advantage that leads to less metagame diversity. Again, advantage that leads to less metagame diversity back up to while balance hasn't looked problematic. Whatever. Okay. Dreadhorde Arcanist. Without Oka, we anticipate that Dreadhorde Arcanist strategies would only become more prominent. Ultimately, the community sentiment we've heard is that Dreadhorde Arcanist makes gameplay revolve around it too early in the game and that too many games come down to whether an opponent can immediately remove it. So, yeah, that's. <laughs> that seems like a balance problem. Yeah, it seems turns like out a balance. free game day tome every <laughs> turn is bad. There's also um, <laughs> I, I, the, the the arguments that I've heard for the difference between that and like Dark Confidant uh, is twofold. <laughs> one is obviously three toughness is more than one, right? So mm -hmm. Dark Confidant dies to actual everything. Literally. Where, <laughs> where uh, like any playable removal spell where Dreadhorde does not because of three toughness. The other yeah. side of it is there's no deck building constraint really with Dreadhorde. Like, yes, it's only CMC one or less, but you're not punished for playing shit like Force of Will, where if you flip a force to a, a Bob, it'll kill you're punished. you. punished? And there's yeah, also- I died. Yeah, there's also like Bob can kill you, whereas Dreadhorde cannot, right? Can never kill you. The, the other side of it also is that Bob is random, one card every turn, where- uh, Dreadhorde is only going to scale and get better. I remember we talk about this all the time where Bob is always the example of a card that is, power level is static. It will mm -hmm. never get any better because it does the same thing regardless of what cards are in the pool. Where something like Snapcaster Mage or Stoneforge Mystic scale in power as new cards designs come out. So as the same thing, it's like as more powerful one drops come out that uh, Arcanist can flash back the same way that Snapcaster can, its power level can only go up in trajectory where Bob stays static. So let me let me get a quick uh, uh, Zach Morris timeout here. Uh, we have leaving legacy in the chat saying I'm I'm here so I know what to say when I record with Jerry tonight. That is definitely uh, <laughs> that's definitely Pat. So Strifel says it wouldn't actually scale up realistically, right? Well, think about it. Like if there was a card where th their design is just like we are, yeah. P Ponder and brainstorm are obviously like the the most powerful things that you're going to be doing at one mana. But with the way the design is going, you could easily see them printing like um, a, a snakeskin protection spell that also draws a card, right? So like, because they keep tacking draw a card onto everything. So the, theoretically, the power level of things that they print is going to make Dreadhorde more powerful, whereas all of that would maintain Confidant's uh, ability as a static. It's, it, uh, yes, obviously like it would be tough to ex uh, move past Ponder and Brainstorm, 
it would never happen really, but the potential for a card to be more powerful. And also we were looking at Dreadhorde Arcanist in Infect. Like people were starting to realize that like, oh, yeah, maybe it just we does can actually what... pump the power to do more busted things. Well, I think that I think that what, what Jason's saying about, you know, yes, Ponder Brains are the most insane things to be doing with it. Um, but the, the the power of Ponder and Brainstorm scales up with there's, the power of the format scaling up in a way yeah. that Dark Confidant doesn't, right? There's a difference. So, the, there's also a difference in selection, right? Dreadhorde Arcanist gave you selection where Bob doesn't. And it would give you mana. It gave you mana, it gave you selection. You could have a removal spell or a cantrip. Yeah. Uh, let's move on the, to uh, Uro. Why well, they didn't ban Uro, which is, of course, what set this all off was that we all yeah. knew that this was coming because of the, the Uro uh, announcement in the secret lair. So they said about Uro, where they ultimately ended up, but the bar is high for what three and four mana spells need to accomplish in Legacy, and we believe Uro can coexist a competitive but not dominant option. Additionally, the bans of Oko and Astrolabe, excuse me, should significantly decrease the metagame share of existing decks that, Oko, that Uro naturally slots into. I think, Mistakes. I actually think that, well, I don't know. I think no, that's I actually kind think of they're fair. spot on. I think okay. they're spot on with that. See. I think it's a mistake. It also I, might be at- harder to actually abuse Uro. I think that even if the decks that play it are still around, it won't be like a thing that always happens in the same way it is now. That's the thing. About I, I, agree that. I agree with that. You can't stop it from happening because you got to manage Dreadhorde or you got to manage Oko and you got to, and you got to manage the Astro. You can't, you can't waste them off like green, green, blue, blue. You got to just kind of do it. So also anyway. what decks existed before, before this ban, there was no deck that was playing Uro that wasn't also playing Astrolabe that was putting up results, except specifically for when Rug Delver was like splashing an Uro or two just to beat up on the mirror. Well, Stripo's deck plays it, and that's that's. But he was playing, I, he was I thought Astrolabe. about it. I thought I mean, about it. That's exactly what he just said in the chat. Stripo was playing Astrolabe, but like also Stripo is. Well, let's see. I don't the think only he was. Player that you can, playing it? Stripo is the only player. Like, Stripo, we're calling you out in the chat, dude. You're the only person in the world who can actually have legitimate successful results starting your deck list with Savannah Underground Sea. You are the only dude. <laughs> You're the only one. <laughs> Oh, you were playing Astro. See, I didn't. I didn't even know because I was. I was so out of touch on Legacy just because I didn't really know what to say. But yeah, I think um, Astrolabe, you know, didn't ask you to do much, and that's good that it's gone. It's good that it's gone to an extent. It is kind of a do nothing, but it's sort of sort of sad that, that was. Um, oh, that's right. You're playing Yorion now, so now you have to play Astrolabe. That's right. Now we have to invest fully in Barb Sextant, guys. Yep. There we I go. love. I love the deck building of. Oh, I guess I have to play this card that gives me perfect mana. Yep. Oh man. <laughs> All right, oh, quickly, quickly on Vintage. A uh, key aspect of the spirit of Vintage is that we'd like as much of Magic's card library to be available as possible, so we're running the experiment of unbanning Lures of the Dream Den. Good, good. Should have been unbanned the that second they changed the sets it up for unbanning it in Legacy, Legacy no? Yes, hopefully. Yes, I, forget look, it. Forget, it's, that, it's so, it was so lame that Lures of the Dream Den was banned in, in Vintage. I uh, just hated it. I hated I it. I think they're going to try it out, and then they'll recognize that it, it's probably going to be fine in Vintage. It'll obviously be so busted and good, but like I don't not know about that. Well, it's it's obvious, it'll still be good, but it's not going to be the only thing you can do. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, I did want to touch quickly on Pioneer and Modern. Not we're gonna not gonna talk about we're not even really gonna talk about the cards that they banned. I've already forgotten what they are in a lot of, we, a lot of can we, can, these can, we a, <laughs> can we give a shout out to Tibble's Trickery being the 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 fastest card banned in any non-EDH format ever? Yeah, that was the card that you picked out, right? It lasted, I don't know if I picked it, I, I don't remember. It lasted, uh, uh, Frank Karsten posted that it lasted from the from its release date to its banning. It lasted in modern for 10 days, which is the fastest ban ever, aside from Lutri getting banned before it was released. Well, what about- What was uh, the previous uh, title holder? I thought, it, uh, I thought Mind's Desire was preemptively banned in Vintage or something, but- 
whatever. Something else was preemptively banned. Memory jar? I don't remember. Memory, memory jar was e-banned. I don't know if it was with intent. Yeah, it was emergency band. It, it definitely saw its day for uh, a few, a few Omnath. really effed up weeks. Omnath, Benu- yeah, yeah. Benucci's got it. It was Omnath at 17 days. Jesus Christ. What a stupid... Unbelievable. Anyway, uh, okay, Pioneer. <laughs> I, I, wanted to, I wanted to call out this particular, um, this particular um, segment from the Pioneer uh, announcement. Our vision for Pioneer is to be a collection of the most fun, powerful, and iconic cards and strategies from recent standard formats. That's almost, that's almost pre-modern, but they had to say recent. Yeah, right. The point <laughs> is that that is, a, that is a clear mission statement. I don't think we've ever seen that about a format. Have they have no. they been consistent about their mission statements? No. I mean, the, the modern mission statement is specifically very bad. I did like a whole... Uh, a whole breakdown in articles for that like uh six or seven years ago about like how they never stick to it and like went over every band card in modern and like why this or that made sense and then like two years later i went over them again and i was like no none of this stuff makes sense anymore they're just banning <laughs> stuff because they're banning it there is there is something to be said that like they try and have these mission statements but ultimately like they do need to appeal to their player base to an extent so when people go when people give them enough feedback like they mentioned for legacy and they go yeah we're making these bands because we've gotten enough feedback that like the player base that are playing these formats obviously are not having fun and we still need to like make it so our player base is relatively happy that they're, they they have these things where they say we did this for this reason we did that for that reason it's going to like those chains are always going to be shifting it's always going to be moving and it's going to be on a case by case basis and it, it it's they don't say it explicitly but it feels like it's implied at this point that they will move their barriers for what is considered bandworthy or not based on enough pressure that we apply to them for what we want to see if they can back it up with any amount of data and that's, right? which we that's, which we aren't privy to see there are there there are people on both sides of that i don't really i don't really care i don't care how they yeah. decide to ban things i don't care that they ban as long as it happens i don't care that arkham's astral is a do nothing as artifact law i don't care that dreadhorde arcanist is you know not the worst powerful card i don't care I just, there just was, make the changes. Just take the cards out. We don't need them. No totally. one wants them. There no was also I, I, I was also like, of course, when these when the ban list was like released this morning, everybody's like chats and phones and messaging yeah. and all that blew up. And one of the things that I I, I uh, thought was actually pretty poignant was at least in pandemic times, most players that aren't like in our positions playing the eternal formats are playing on arena. And if you're playing on arena the cost of losing like your investment of buying cards is so much less because every card costs the same on arena. No, like, it's, it's actually much worse because uh, you spent all of your tickets uh, to make a deck and then the whole deck is worthless. Totally. Like when it comes to whole decks being worthless, but the argument of like, <laughs> Oh, you bought four euros at 40 bucks a piece and now they're trash. Yeah. That's going to be it's, less the case on for arena players, which are just going to get your mythics back, right? It's it's a weird scale because arena uh, like arena players don't can't just buy these cards, right? You can't just like, oh, I'm totally, just going to yeah. purchase the cards I need, and then you also can't resell them on the secondary, even at an undercosted price. Like yeah. arena, the the arena economy is so bizarrely effed up for so many reasons. But like every time there's a ban, it's like, oh, I just lost like. 60 rare cards my point my point was just that like they may be more willing to to make these kinds of like upending changes across multiple like this was the heaviest ban list ban and restricted announcement we've ever seen right so, yeah but only one only one arena format was affected because there was a historic ban right right i'm saying that they they hit our formats a little bit more because those form like when we're not playing in paper and people aren't necessarily buying in paper 
in times like this, they might be more willing to make those types of changes. Yeah, I, I still mean, maybe think I'm I, speculating. I, I but. Still be able to, yeah, I don't. Yeah, whatever. Anyway, um, so that was the the pioneer one. The modern one, I loved this that they did. Every single card they banned in modern, they had a statement that basically had a they had like a thesis statement at the end of every of every paragraph. Um, and the 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 first one was for Uro to, and it started like this: to open up space in the meta game. Next one was for Mystic Sanctuary, Field of the Dead. To promote more back and forth gameplay. The next was for Simeon Spirit Guide. To slow down that category of combo decks. And uh, then they changed up a little bit for Tybalt's Trickery and said, as the goal of this update is to shake up the metagame into a more fun spot for Tybalt's Trickery. Yeah, again, like, you know, you could be clear. You, can, you don't have to equivocate on everything. But it was, that was interesting that they, uh, that's, it was yeah, interesting. you just got like, this is why we did this. Yeah, this is why we did it. And it, and it made sense. Well, we are finally free of all this nonsense. Let's start by talking about how the decks that played these cards will adapt, starting with Rug Delver. Rug Delver now has eight open slots. Oh, wow. Rug Delver is just going to continue to be the best deck ever, as it always is, because Delver the Shell is the issue. Cool. Moving on. <laughs> well, the question is, I guess the question is, like, whether or not it stays, if there's a Rug, if it's still a Rug Delver deck that gets played. Um you know, you've got Delver Days Wasteland is always going to be the best shell, regardless of what's ever printed. Right. I think I, I sure, think this but brings like it, the, you got you this got brings it back a right? lot Grixis, Grixis, I think, might be the better version now. Yep. Even though Nimble Mongoose is now slightly more playable because the board isn't just full of three threes. Three threes that like are you know a random treasure token. I actually do agree that uh Clothis is probably the best go-to if they want to stay at three. But I think it's going to split. You're either going to have the players that move towards what you were saying, Nate, of like magmatic Chandler sort of yep. space, or they're going to move what you were talking about, where people just shift back to like Canadian Thresh. Well, Clothis is an interesting card for Rug Delver. It's it's not it's it's hard to remove. It being hard to remove and and being a four point life swing every turn. Yeah, that is that good. race that race factor is is huge. I think and, it has it has the same um, the same way that Oko had a lot of value of just being extremely sticky. Clothis is extremely sticky. Yeah, right? yeah. Um, but it doesn't block. You know, it, it takes a turn, and then you get your four. Then you get like a you know drain for two. You maybe you need the mana, but maybe you don't. I don't know. I mean, I think it's I think it's good. Don't get me wrong. I think it'd be interesting to see if that is enough. I think um, having main 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 board graveyard interaction is also a really powerful thing to have. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah, you got like being able to hit somebody's punishing Tarmag fire is going to be relevant. You know, yeah, yeah, exactly. Messing with loam decks is going to be relevant. I don't know what we'll see. I think Grixis has some powerful stuff you can do, and you know, might even have a way to go over, uh, go over Clothis. But we'll have to see. It's How weird that, that Plague Engineer being in a format where now TNN is going to start getting some eyeballs again. Yeah, it's like it's weird to look at Plague Engineer as a hero here. But uh, considering that Allosaur Shepherd exists and now TNN is going to get some nods again, I think Plague Engineer is the people's champion. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it is in a way, and, and we'll talk. Uh, we can talk about that more in a minute. But let's move on to Snoko, um, which loses eight, something like eight cards, right? You get four Astrolabe, three Oko, X Uro. Yeah, four Astrolabe, some amount of Oko. Uro's still legal. And there was the rug version that played uh, Dreadhorde Arcanist as well. Um, let's actually talk about this right now. So the question, one of the things that I thought was interesting about Archives Astrolabe in the first place, and by the way, this is another um, 
this is another section of our more of the spark of, or our, of our modernized review where I said, how about Arkham's Astrolabe? You guys interested in a snow deck? And both of you said, pass, <laughs> hard pass. <laughs> but anyway, um, Ice Fang Quaddle is still a good card. Dead of Winter is still a good card. And now we've got Joran, God of Winter. And there's the card Frost Augur, Phil, that you're pretty high on. So I, I, before the shenanigans happened with Tybalt, I thought the most, the best card in Call of Time was actually Frost Augur for Legacy. <laughs> and just looking at the shell that they, of, of snow that you have between Frost Augur, um, Spirit Ascendant, if you are interested in playing a little bit more of an aggressive game, but then still having Ice Fang, Jorn, the, the backside of Jorn, the recursive artifact, and um, being able to like rebuy Ice Fang, having all those creatures be able to survive through Dead of Winter, but also contributing to Dead of Winter. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that you get once, like you can get a one sided Plague Wind and you get all of these like value threats that can be recursive off of Jorn. It makes me think that there is a snow deck, but it's not just snow playing all of the best mythics. It's a dedicated actual snow deck, which I think is cool. I think that's what you that's what the deck should be, not just here's all of the good cards plus Oko, right? What what is Frost Augur again? We should we're we gonna Frost put it is a it's a it's a one-two for blue that just says snowman tap. Look at the top card of your library. If it's snow, you can reveal it, put it in your hand. Okay. There it is. So so between that spirit ascendant, ice fang quaddle. Jorn, and then all of the Snowlands, you can get your deck to roughly uh, 50% uh, every time you activate it to draw a card. But then also it's another cheap threat. A, it's a one-two, so it's going to stop things like Goblin Lackey, which is important, right? Yeah. Um, but then also the fact that it's a uh, card draw engine that then is also cheap and recursive off of <clears throat> the um, backside of Jorn. And then uh, Ice Fang being able to tie the room together as like, you can re- rebuy that from your graveyard at instant speed because it's got flash. And then also those things are going to give you a high enough density of snow cards to turn on your Ice Fang to actually become a Strix. So I think there is a, a reasonable blue-green splash-black shell there that also then is going to be the best home for Uro as well. Even though that's a lot of permanents, you still get to play like the good cards like Ponder Brainstorm, removal spells. And so having some number of Uro because you're going to be a base green blue-green deck between the snow permanents of like what we just talked about plus Ice Fang, and then you're going to be splashing black the same way that Snoko used to. You just won't get the fourth color, but you'll get a nice solid two-color splashing black control deck that has the ability to pivot, and Spirit Ascendant and Uro actually work well together because of the ramp. Spirit Ascendant is the snow figure of destiny? Yeah. Okay. I want to talk about but this card nice too. All, all, all of those snow activations are on any color. Yep. So in a way, it's... it's um, I want to talk about man. birds to plowshares here. I actually think this card's really birds to plowshares because nice. um, the reason the reason I want to talk about Raven form in this deck is just because if you have a you now have a base blue green deck that can sort of unconditionally have creature removal, and you don't need to always have like a turn one uh, access to swords to plowshares or fatal push and like you said, just really a light splash for the backside of that Jorn card. Um, you'll have Ice Fang. You'll have you know birds to plowshares or whatever we end up calling. You've got force of will. That, that could I think be scary. Be, be, between Abrupt Decay and, and Assassin's Trophy, I don't even need, know if you need Birds to Plowshares. Well, that's because the, the idea would be like if you want to be more resilient to Wasteland because sure. you don't get the fixing, right? Um, okay, so that's how the decks we think will adapt. How about So Uro, Uro escapes the ban hammer. We still think it'll be played pretty... I, I think Uro is going to be more of a role player as opposed to the default like best thing to be doing in mid-range. Just looking right now. Let's see if I can get the... Uh, 
the um, format percentage. I also here. think it might be interesting if there are more decks that are are like dedicated to Uro as opposed to incidentally just getting to have it because it's free. Yep. Uro like actually like turboing it out by milling stuff. Yep, exactly. That's that's there for you. Though the thing is you gotta get to four mana to actually turbo it out. Uh Uro uh 21% of decks on Goldfish last time it was counted. That was the same as Dreadhorde Arcanist and Plague Engineer. Um, and that was first place. So I think it's time for me to start playing uh, Moto, guys. <laughs> um, well, that's it the thing. The kind of sucks is that I guess Cascade's still legal on Moto till Wednesday. So we can still run into it. Excuse me. Hey, should we go? Should we go down that list of cards that you just like brought? Up? I mean, we've already started, but there was—I remember you saying there was a bunch of other cards that just were unplayable that suddenly are playable now. Uh, not necessarily unplayable, but are suddenly playable. Well, yes, there's that. There's also a couple of the cards I want to talk about. Let's start with Force of Negation. This is an interesting card now because the idea that you can just go down a zillion cards for all of your forces matters again to an extent, right? Yeah, because there aren't like cheap engines. Well, you're not going to get Dreadhorde to recur, recur the raw cards, nor are you going to get Oko to um, just do everything you need once it's in play. You don't need to just top deck Oko and play it on an empty board. So I'm interested in seeing what the numbers on Force Negation go to. Perhaps a card, a card that we haven't seen in a while that comes back, something like Spell Pierce or something like that. I know Force Negation X on the card is good. I know, I know, I know. But Force of Will is still going to have to be played for a while. And uh, unless you see a lot of Loam Punishing Fire stuff, which might up upend, they might be play for Force Negation. Who knows? Um, granted, it's not great against Punishing Fire because they can play it on, the, on your turn. Guys, can you imagine what it's going to be like to just slam a Jace the Mind Sculptor and not assume every opponent has hasty 3-3s? Three yeah, there you go. Um, Brazen Borrower, that's an ancillary threat along with TNN that can come back, right? We might yep. see those. I don't think... I do hate TNN still. I do still hate it. But I do, but yeah, Plague Engineer, you know, might push it out just enough so that it's not going to just be, it's not the best thing. It's not obviously the best thing to be doing in that slot anymore. I don't think people will have to, like, back when it was the, like, the dominant three drop to be playing from everything from Stoneblade to Delver. Yep. I, I, I think back then you really had to reach for answers. People were playing like marsh casualties because there just wasn't enough going on. Yeah. Where I, I feel like Plague Engineer is universal enough now to be an answer to that thing, where it's even main deckable. So not every deck is going to be as cold to it. I have um, I have an interesting theory that you can disprove immediately, but like after realizing that like how good uh Astrolabe was. I know. Uh, anybody want to guess what I'm about to say? Prismatic. Pr the prism is not playable, Zach. Dude, you don't playable. think it's playable though? Two mana. Get out of here. I'm just saying. I'm, like, what you about those remember, 80 I, card decks? Strike Zach, them. Chime in any time. I notoriously <laughs> called Dreadhorde Arcanus correctly from the moment it was spoiled. <laughs> I know what I'm talking about. Prism is not playable. Volas among us. Two says mana two is game. so much more than one. I agree. I agree. It is one hundred percent more. But what if you what if you're playing a deck that gets to exploit it you know like uh i'm not saying it's going to be as ambiguous but like now that we see how good that effect is and how it protects you from wasteland Dude, like you is it you've possible? had but you're not you've doing had, it on you've had the, you've had that green aura that people will definitely try it that green aura that's functionally the same as actually they said that specifically requires green mana has been legal the whole time okay 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 
I don't want to talk about. I just want to throw that out there. Prism or whatever it's called. It's not Dude, people are going to kill things with magmatic with magmatic sinkhole again. That's pretty exciting. Yep. Um, Chalice of the Void. We talked about a little bit already. I, I, yeah, we'll see if it's better. All right, um, Strafo says it's bad. <laughs> yeah, it's bad. All right, I'm, I'm, I'm allow it. I'm yeah. allow it. <laughs> um, Stone you can Forge play Infect again, though. That's that. There you go. Well, yeah, we can talk about that in a second too. Um, Stoneforge Mystic, back, mm-hmm. back. Is it back? What's the best? What are you doing on two these days? It's been so well, long. You had Red play six. fucking Dreadhorde Arcanist. Well, that's the thing. You had Red and Six, and then you had Dreadhorde Arcanist. And the question is whether or not and Stoneforge Mystic was Goyf, so playable. It, can we play Goyf Tomagor? again? Yeah, you can play Tomagor. Well, guys, if, if, we're if, back, guys. if Goyf is back and Stoneforge is back and people are actually interested in two drops again, you got me over here like eyeballing my spell snares. There you go. Yeah, dude. Spell snare. And, and that's another reason not to play Prismatic Omen. I do think that Sylvan Library and Uro is strong enough to still make just like a base blue-green deck playable. I think so. Forge Mystic will be can be played again a little bit easier if, if you like if you really like that kind of deck. Um, maybe Just, we should put Terminus in this. Con- that's another like yeah, sort of classic. Ter- Terminus Terminus was never bad. Let's get let's get some angels going. Is, is discard Earl, huh? Is discard with veil? Like, do you think there are going to be as many decks that are just going to be able to free roll veil of summer that makes discard way like is him to Tarak going to come back? Like is is Esper Stoneforge well, Mystic? I played Dead Gael. I played Dead Gael, and I didn't run into very many veils at all, other than the combo decks. Which you know, I want to talk about the combo decks in general because they didn't get affected at all. But like, you know, we'll see. The question is actually, what the interesting question is whether or not you'll see more veils. Um. Well, my question is, I guess, uh, let me be more specific about the question I'm posing to you guys. With Oko going and Astrolabe going. Does that mean that every deck that wouldn't have been green that just got to be green for free is no longer green and then therefore no longer plays Veil? So Veil's equity actually goes way down because it's played in way fewer decks. Therefore, things like Thoughtseize and him go up. Well, I'm going to go to gold, back to Goldfish. i got to stop closing this stuff. Um, because I wanted to say, I don't think Veil was, was played really all that much recently. It hadn't been. It had kind of been adapted to or just wasn't good enough to an extent. Maybe maybe someone in the chat can help me out here in sort of I mean like do you do we get like like um if if DNT are back and we're seeing like Stoneforge Mystic like Stoneblade decks come back, does that mean like Grixis K command decks like get okay. to earn their slot again? Right. Okay, so Veil of Summer was an 18% of decks at, at two copies per deck. Um that's about the same as uh Pithing Needle. So it's like a sideboard it's, card, right? That you play a couple of, it's. About I feel the like the blowout, the blowout like possibilities from Veil were, are way high. Like it's two copies, but if one resolves on your opponent's discard spell, that that game is like now extremely lopsided, right? There's Counter a tempo, spell for Veil for does have a tempo. Veil does have a tempo consideration, and it's a tempo format until we prove otherwise, right? Mm. So yes, I think that. Uh, People who think that you who are saying that you it's going to be a problem with the silence plus and combo. That's what, what Chase said. Um, the storm play green for Veil, so I think it still gets played. I just I just I just never thought it was that bad. I never thought it was that bad. And I play a lot of black decks. I never thought it was that bad. Like I just don't. <laughs> I, I I always felt like oh crap. Like the amount of times you get blown out by a Veil was far less than the amount of times that the broken whatever black card you were doing was better. Is Beautiful Strix better than Ice Fang Coatl now? 
I think that goes, that would be the case. That's the question. If, <laughs> I, well, I think that's specific. That's not like the yeah. case of like, is it better to have flash or is it better to be an artifact? I think it's just the consideration of, is your deck have enough reason to be in green now if, you, if you're not getting this oppressive threat in Oko? Yeah. Uh, Give us M asks, I think Dreadhorter says, I think Dreadhorter did more to kill Discard than Vilded, and that's that's totally right. It was not, yeah, you, yeah, that's exactly it. Discarding from your opponent's hand was not worth it for a couple of reasons, especially against, first of all, it's already bad against Delver because it's such a bad, Discard is a bad tempo play. Yeah. Second, uh, Dreadhorter Arcanist flashed things back. Third of all, if you got him down to an empty hand and they just drew an Oko, <laughs> you just lost anyway. And like, if you... If you discard, if you they had a Dreadhorde Arcanist, you couldn't discard a, a spell, so you discard the Oko, and they could just use the spell to find more Okos, and then you ha- get to use it again. Like I, it, it, the whole thing was really bad. Up, oh, Phil just took off. Um, oh no, we've you, lost Phil. I don't know where he went. Um, okay, I want an ancillary affected deck, so I do kind of want Phil to come back. Hopefully, that hopefully he does. Um, he's still here. His for his camera just went off. Let him mute him just in case he's saying something he doesn't want us to hear. Um, <laughs> no, seriously, I just want him to like. You know, yeah, sorry, course. give me one sec. I'm figuring this out real quick. Is he going to say that we don't want to hear? Nimble mongoose is dead. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I will start by talking about some of the ans- the other affected decks besides the. Uh, um. Phil, by the way, if you're trying to unmute, you got to unmute before you can come back because I unmuted just in case you were doing something weird. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah, sorry. Sorry, everyone. Uh, ancillary affected decks. I'll start with talking about DNT, Maverick, and Loam, which are the non-blue decks that a lot of people are saying were just dead. I love that Maverick and Loam are decks again that don't play Oko because, honestly, it was the best thing to do. It was the best thing to do. Um and you, they, they made it into Loam, and Loam became a totally different deck with no identity. Same thing with Maverick. DNT managed to adapt to Oko once they printed Skyclave Apparition. But Zach, any? Yeah, I mean, no, I think I think you're 100 correct. Uh, I mean, there's not a whole lot to add, honestly. Like, uh, it'd be for for my end. I think it'd just be nice to see. It'll be nice to see what else happens. Like I, I think I think there's a lot of decks that have that now have room to to mess around with stuff now that now that we're not dealing with Oko at all. Yep. Phil, are you back? I'm back. Okay. So uh, I I think now is the time if we're, if we're thinking about Knight of the Reliquary and just being <laughs> uh, uh, if 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 now is the time for that. I think we need to, to let's give Weathered Wayfarer another look. Okay, okay, we're gonna. Move. All right, uh, let's talk about the Urza or Echo. Okay, so this all happened so fast, and I have not been playing a lot well, while this is happening. But there are the Urza decks, and then there's Echo of Eons Hellbreacher decks that do a lot of the same thing. I don't really know. Um, if Chalice of the Void gets better, then that deck gets better. Yeah, it seems like that deck is the one to watch out for, and also still the reason to make sure you play like a lot of. Uh, counter spells and a lot of pyroblasts. It, it, um, it, I mean, if, the more we talk about things, the more I think like a Grixis control deck that would be interested in be in being a good pyroblast deck and also a deck that can mid range its way through planeswalkers with shit like um, Angrath's Rampage and uh, Dreadbore and whatever. Yeah, is is starting to seem like more. It's starting to seem better if like they want to. If you want to mid range, if you want to mid range really hard. 
Cave Command sounds really good against Chalice plus stuff deck. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I, don't, I, just, K- don't, I just don't know how you, fast these Earth Oh my are. god, you K-Command, you kill their Emery and their Chalice? Let's go. Yeah, it's a good card. Well, here, against I, that. I, but you could be dead. <laughs> you, you could, could be, be dead. dead. But like, that's also that's also <laughs> the threat of like anytime you square up against an LED deck, you could just be dead. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, in fact, so I actually liked that Dreadhorde Arcanist got played in Infect towards the end there because I knew that was going to, one, that was going to get a ban. And two, that was what it was supposed to do. It was supposed to pump itself. So you had that backdoor. Mm-hmm. Um, Infect is a green-blue deck, which yeah. you couldn't really play a green-blue deck that wasn't an Okoro deck because it just kind of seemed dumb. You would be you would be tagged by all the people playing the hate for the green-blue decks without playing the cards they were hating out that were that much better that were made it worth the risk, right? Yeah. Can we pour one out for everybody who lost to uh, a Dreadhorde Arcanist attacking, being blocked, and then removing, and then dying to trample? Yep. Just the one the one trample damage, like, doing you in? <laughs> I don't think it even happened. Dude, there's definitely been a time where somebody, 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 somebody attacked with a Dreadhorde, flashback nothing, somebody blocked, they were like, Braze, Brazen Borrower, remove your <laughs> thing, take a damage, kill you. Easy for sure. That's happened. All right. Um, Dark Depths, which I think is a pretty solid. Again, I kind of picked these decks just off of what was at the top of the list, uh, other than the the decks that were being affected. Um, seems like a good time for that. Really good time I think for Depths that. Is actually, actually, Depths is going to be really good. I, I th- with um, every Miracles pilot is very excited to be able to play like Monastery Mentor Miracles again, <laughs> and. Uh, let me tell you, uh, even though that deck has sorts to plowshares, I have never felt good going up against uh, the 2020 deck. And I think that if people are playing sorts to plowshares but aren't keeping in mind that uh, they need to be able to deal 2020s on the regular, that they're going to die a lot to it. And uh, Hep is going to continue to have 60 trophies a season. Yeah, 60 trophies a season. I know, God. Um, ninjas. So I actually put this one on the end because the deck popped up in the middle of all this and then went away almost as fast. But that was a pretty solid deck that just did not play any of these cards. And you know, remind me of this deck, ninjas. So there was a ninjas deck that played Ornithopter and the Changeling Outcast, right? Okay, with as, uh, Retrofitter Foundry, fetch, Retrofitter Foundry as well. So it always had these creatures in play that it could bounce back. And there were a lot of good ninjas. There's the one, there's Draw the Card, there's Dark Confidant Ninja. Yeah. yeah Dominic says, as a Brazen Borrower has to ruin Depth's day, but like Brazen, but like targeted, targeted removal is not good against yeah, Dark Depths. You, you gotta remember, they, if, if they, they make it, yeah. <laughs> they have zero, they have zero mana counting your thing. So they have zero mana counting your thing. And also they like, I mean, you got to kill them. You got to kill them. You need to you need to aggro them out. Like you can't like and wait for if them. Uros, if Uro is going down, if Uro just sees a drop in play, then people can't also as easily just go above twenty to take a hit. Right. Exactly. Uh, another thing Oko did was put you above twenty. Right. Uh, also, Edicts. Yes. Yeah, so Liliana's Liliana's uh, whatever it's called, Liliana's Triumph is Triumph, a that yeah. get stopped by Veil of Summer. So. Whoa! Speaking of Liliana's last hope and veil, do they just do? Do they do anything? Well, let's now that they're not we, competing we're with get the to these cards. You're, uh, you're right. There's Teferi and Narset. Never mind. Yeah, yeah. combo decks, including Hogak. I I think that um, so I I don't really know what to think about combo decks. There's the, I guess the big ones that are talked about a lot are Doomsday, is is 
sort of the like boogeyman combo deck now. Very hard. Like, people say it's very hard to interact with once they resolve a doomsday. So if that's good, show and tell is probably good. And show and tell, there were show and tell. I was losing a Uro or a Oko out of show and tell all the time. So I'm sure that's a thing. Also, show and tell is the kind of deck that can play can play Uro because they just pump stuff into their graveyard. So um, but I don't know if, and they have that's a good Veil of Summer deck, but I don't know if classic seek and show makes a comeback or anything like that. And Hogak, uh, just another another deck that you absolutely have to have an answer for, or you will die. And very hard to do that. Very hard to avoid that killing you when um it's a new format it's kind of interesting because i remember the number of containment not containment priests um the number of ether swarm cannons that people were playing out of white decks to also bring in against hogak because it kind of hoses them pretty hard because you can't two spell for bench vines and you can't like spell into gak yep. uh, and you obviously can't go off so and the deck is pretty light to no removal so, um, I mean, outside of like force of vigor, but having that, and then I think that might, if, if either strong canonist is a card that sees a bunch of play still to combat things like the storm variants and Gak, then that also puts doomsday in a little bit better position in that it can go off and kill you over two turns and not have to go off all in one turn. Yeah. I have not played against doomsday in quite a while. Um, and from what I've heard, it's very difficult to interact with. Um, so the question is like, if that picks up, I mean, they're, they're obviously the storm decks, the Epic storm is still out there. I don't know that any of this really makes, um, at like traditional ad nauseum tendrils that much better, but there are other, there are other decks you could have out there. And I guess even those Urza decks, those echo breacher decks are something to talk about. So I, I don't know. I think, I think it'll be interesting to see. I think it'll be interesting to see what happens. There's a, there is a possibility that these combo decks that did not get affected at all. And we're beating these decks that were super souped up and just dominating fair matchups. That those decks just just really do swarm over, and not because force of will or force of negation is unplayable, but just because they're they're built to beat it anyway. They were built to beat the force of negations that were in the Rug Delver deck, right? So, like that, then you start talking about like, well, what's the next? You know, will we see another return to the ban list? Which I think is an interesting thing about with something like Echo of Eons. Echo of Eons cuts across a lot of these decks. Um, I I think there there Thoth's is Oracle. also something to be said about um, just like the natural like legacy version of Splinter Twin between Hull Breacher plus Days Undoing or other draw sevens. Yeah. Those like the, the Snow Day deck that was running that as like a, a possible thing to do in their deck, they just lost their Okos, they lost their Astrolabes and they lost some number of their Uros, right? So now they can actually just go full speed ahead on I'm going to be Narset, Hull Breacher plus draw sevens and be a sort of Splinter Twin control combo deck. And so I think we're going to see that become a, a more of a player in the space where people were just casting green cards. Yep. Okay, it's uh, 7.20. What time do you need to be off, Phil? Phil's going to 90s MTG, so we'll send yeah, you we got, when he's we got, I'm playing in round two of 90s MTG, so I have, I have plenty of time. I'm not worried. All right. Let's talk about some cards. I want to talk about the number one card that I've seen mentioned today. Is um, it Phyrexian Dreadnoughts? <laughs> Magmatic Channeler. Remember this card? We reviewed it, and I oh, said, yeah. I thought this card was, I thought this card was good. The, it it is a it is a one three for one and a red, and it has it gets plus three plus one, so it becomes a four four if you have I think four instant sorceries in your graveyard, and it has tap discard a card to exile the top two cards of your library, choose one and play it this turn. So it's a draw engine and it's an attacker. It does a lot of stuff. Of course, that was completely unexplorable as long as Dreadhorde Arcanist was legal because Dreadhorde Arcanist gave you all that advantage 
for so much less cost. I think that this card, Magmatic Channeler, will be tested, and I think it'll be interesting to see if it becomes, if it if it if it takes on if it if it kicks in. I don't know that it will. I'm gonna try it. <laughs> I like as, it a lot. As, as somebody who's already played a lot of Magmatic Chandler, I can tell you that the card is not as just like always good. Like there are a lot of times where, you, you know, it's like if you have a Dreadheart Arcanus, but nothing in your graveyard, it's just a 1-3. Mm -hmm. That comes up a lot more with um, Chandler. However, Chandler, Chandler is a infinitely more interesting card to play with because there's so much tension between, okay, is it's a 4-4. Four, four, am I supposed to attack? Am I supposed to activate it? Do I activate it on my opponent's turn or do I activate it on my turn for like what you're looking to do in terms of what cards you're hoping to hit? It, it, it's just infinitely more replayable in, in terms of like being different every game. It sets you up in, in a situation also where you like really have to know your deck, which is what I, one of those things I, I like about Legacy is like you have to know your deck. So if you that, are- that, You also have to know your role. Yeah, well, uh, what I'm saying is, is you could be in a spot where you're like, what's my best case scenario here? If I draw a card, what's what's a best case scenario, right? What if that happens? Was it better than attacking for four uh, for four and swinging and hitting my opponent because I drew a brainstorm, right? Uh, so I think I think uh, th that that's one of those cards that like really gives you a uh, an advantage for knowing how to play your deck and knowing exactly what's in your deck and what's left in your deck. You know, uh, I think I think Chandler is going to be pretty interesting to uh, to have in decks. I just think that it's it's. I think that the interesting thing about it, I guess, from my, my my initial reaction for how to play it is, if attacking for four, if you can attack and get through for four, you should attack. If you can't, there's probably a reason you can't. That's that's that you want to dig for something to do. doesn't answer, doesn't let you attack for four, then you discard it. And you look for something that lets you attack for four the next turn. It, it would depend I like on the build style. and the build and and the the matchup because yeah. attacking for four against a combo deck is going to be way worse than finding a piece of disruption, right? Well, Very not true. necessarily. Not a few. If like, not if always, blown. but like it, it's not like it, it, I'm I'm arguing that like swinging for four isn't always better, which makes it interesting. I don't say I'm saying swinging four isn't always better, but if you if you're not swinging for four. Which is a pretty big chunk. It is one fifth of the light total. It's a five turn clock, right? Like if you're not swinging for four, something's wrong. Which means you have to dig, right? You get you get what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. I think uh, I think you're I think you're right. Yeah. yeah, and I think that that is an interesting. That is not a play pattern legacy players have thought of a lot. Because um, everything just gives it to you for free. <laughs> gives it to not you for free. Yeah, yeah. Like not a fair it's, never, it's, never, <laughs> it's the only time if you're if you're not attacking with Dreadhorde Arcanist. If you're not attacking with Dreadhorde Arcanist, the game that you've lost, because like what's better than casting something from your graveyard for free, right? But that I means you probably have to block, but you can still block with this thing as a 4-4 and activate it on their turn too, like Zach said, which is which is not nothing. There's also something to be said about now. Before, when you when we were living in like a mono Uro world, there wasn't really all that much advantage to like holding things, right? Like you were better playing out your lands or whatever, because you can just rebuy Uro and get more stuff. Yep. Whereas with something like Channeler, if you don't have a card to discard or you just are priced into discarding whatever you draw, that can put you in some tight spots. So you actually have to do some planning of, do I play my land or do I sandbag it because I'm going to want to discard it later for other things. You know, there's there's way more play to it. It's just a way more interesting play pattern. Yeah. Uh, speaking of two drops that do stuff, Dark Confidant. JVP? JVP? 
I was thinking Dark Confidant. Oh, okay. I was wondering about Dark Confidant because it's the most compared card to Dreadhorde Arcanist. So like, maybe the best thing to do is just to draw an extra card every turn in your Delver deck. But maybe not because it's a two one, and that is a lot. That is a very small guy. Just not enough, probably, right? Uh, group. Uh, I, I, do, I mean, I I think it, it it again. It depends on the build. It's not like it, it just slots in naturally the same way because also. It is only, if you're ever attacking with it, it's only ever hitting for two. It's not swinging for seven the way that Dreadhorde could. Because Bolt, because of Bolt, Dreadhorde Bolt. Bolt, flashback Bolt. Yeah, that, yeah. That's, a seven, that's a seven point life swing uh, that, did, that did cost you uh, a card, but still put you, keeps you on ahead on board presence where Confidant is only ever attacking for two. Uh, from the chat, note that there was a short period of time people played Bob in Delver to smoke combo. Yeah, a, a Delver deck that I played that had Bob in it in 2019 was the uh, Phoenix deck. I played Phoenix and Delver, and or Delver, Phoenix, Dark Confidant, and yeah, deck was really good until you just couldn't play it anymore. Yo, shout out to our- six, shout out to sixteen land uh, Terramander Phoenix decks. <laughs> that was good. Yeah, those are all those are all coming back. Uh, Fairy Time Raveler and Narset. So I think Teferi Time Raveler and Narset Part of Veils are the two most interesting cards at this moment to think about because. There's nothing interesting about Teferi. There's nothing interesting interesting about Teferi. It's interesting interesting from a perspective of whether or not they are one-to-one swaps with Oko. They're worth playing, yeah. Yeah. Because Oko was a three-mana blue Planeswalker, right? And I... And there's a lot of like, well, now everyone's going to play Teferi. Well, I don't know. Are, is, it, Teferi and Oko are very different cards. Narset and Oko are very different cards. I don't think Strifo, there is that. You hold, you hold your tongue, Strifo. <laughs> Teferi is the most miserable play experience. Like Oko kills you in like three turns, like less than three turns. Teferi, you have, Teferi is the scenario where you're like, well, I guess I could play on because it's not actually killing me. It just makes it so I can't actually do anything ever. No, you just, I'm, you just abrupt decay it. Just, <laughs> just, just abrupt decay. Look at me with the humble brag. Just always has abrupt decay at the ready against Teferi on the table. I would just go into a bank and say, excuse me, do you have an abrupt decay for me here? Um... I don't know. I, but I don't think they just, I don't think it's an auto swap. I don't think Delver wants to play either of these cards, really. That's that's maybe the number one place to start. Delver doesn't want to play either one of these cards. What's that? I mean, neither, with, with neither of those cards. Maybe being back, uh, Teferi is uh, good for that, perhaps. Tef- I think Teferi, that, like, yeah. Both cards are prison pieces. I refuse to say these engines. names the way you guys say <laughs> they're They're both prison pieces and draw engines, but neither of them are win conditions. So, like, it removes one of like the obvious flaws that Oko had. In terms of gameplay, but yeah, obviously they're both still miserable because they're asymmetrical prison effects. But at least, at least like when they're cast, like you're in a, a very tight, if not insurmountable spot. Whereas Oko was just like, well, now you can't do anything and you're dead. <laughs> you can't do anything and you're dead. I know. Um, a, a, a three mana planeswalker that I do like and I think might see some more play is Kaya Orzov Assassin. Yeah. I think that card's really good. And I was, you know, it, it, it's got some removal aspects. It deals with the graveyard and it wins the game. I don't think I, I remember we first reviewed it. I was like, eh, I don't know about this card, like whatever. And then like one day I just took 17 damage off of it. In the league, like they were set up to do it, but I was like, oh yeah, this thing just kills you. This thing just, you just win. It's just like reach in your, in a black white deck. So, you know, that's interesting. Yeah. I, it, it usually also like the decks that it would slot into are also 
I mean, granted, you have cling to dust and things like that now, which are a little bit more main deckable in terms of graveyard hate, but just having incidental graveyard hate in your deck just gives it a whole nother access that it gets to maneuver on. Similar to how like Oko and Uro were incidental life gain that just gave the ability for your deck to do so many other things that never had the capacity to do before in your mid-range deck or wherever, where people had to like go to like Stoneforge Batter Skull to get any type of reasonable life gain or like JIT or something, which means you're playing a creature deck. So having that, just having a different point of interaction a lot via the graveyard is really powerful for mid-range decks to be as flexible as possible. So I agree that Kaya, Kaya's stock should go up a little bit. But that's also why I think Clothis is primed to, to uptick Clothis as well. is going to be a really good card. Yep, it's yeah. going to be a good card, but it's, it's still not as, it's still not quite the same. Like you can't, you can play artifacts into it or stuff like that. So. Uh, I, I will say, to, to, just to talk to the chat, I do think Pierce is due for a, a return, but I think it's also going to be uh, dependent on where the early meta shifts to after this announcement. So as people are trying new things in those decks that lost a bunch of spots, uh, you know, are they trying to move more into like the whole breacher combo aspect yeah. or whatever? Decks that don't need to change that much, think like DNT and things like that, are still just going to do their thing. Um, and Pierce isn't necessarily going to line up well against them. So I do think Pierce is ready for a return where people can't just play three force of negation free roll anymore. But um, I think that we need to see where the format shakes out before slam dunking spell Pierce. Could, by the way, spell Pierce, a card that sees a lot of play because of a card I forgot to, I forgot, we hadn't thought about, hadn't mentioned yet, if you can believe it. Jace the Mind Sculptor. So. Oh, that's an interesting card to think. That's a, it's an interesting thing to think about. Like, for, when was the last time you tapped four lands? Other Dude, than to bring was, her up out of the graveyard. It, I was doing it a bunch. I was just losing a lot, too. Yeah. Like, when was the last time you were winning? By slamming a Jace. Like, it's it's interesting now. Well, like, between Hull Breacher, Leovold, Narset, there's a bunch of ways to just <laughs> mess with Brainstorm. Um, yeah. That, like, geez. back I, when Jace was the end-all, be-all, didn't exist, but... Jace, Jace is the, probably the card that gets hurt the most by, by Narset and Hull Breacher, just because it doesn't really do anything else. Uh, yeah, it could bounce the Hull Breacher, but then you can obviously replay it. You're, they're and, doing it at instant speed. You're, you're, you're never doing like, all right, let me bounce your Hull Breacher and then actually get to Brainstorm. They'll just flash it in. I also think that the that there's more, it, it was the best four mana card for a long time. I'm not sure that's true. That's the case anymore. Um, and you no, know, there's way more checks on it. Like the, the number of checks and balances of, available for Jace the Mind Sculptor, or, or there's a lot. Yeah. Um, bizarre trade mage. I'm going to try again. Looking forward to that. Um, what are you going to do with that? I don't know. Put Uro in the graveyard. Cool. <laughs> Maybe I'll get some Uros. Um, uh, Snapcaster mage and Seagate, Seagate Stormcaller to a much to a lesser extent. But we we did we did stand up for our guy in the Seagate. But uh, Snapcaster and Seagate. I think one of the interesting things about Uro still being legal is that. That eats up a lot of your graveyard. Maybe maybe Snapcaster still is kind of rough. Like, I think Snapcaster's stock not only goes up because people are going to be playing less Uro, but also if the format shifts to a point where Pierce and Snare are playable cards again, Snapcaster is also very good. There's something to be said. Like, if people are still playing like a bunch of Sylvan libraries, they move over where two drop is now much more of a pressure point in the format, and it's not just all three drops that matter. Um, that like having a smell a spell snare on the draw in your opener that then you can incidentally also flash back off snapcaster is super powerful aspect to have to your game especially against opposing snapcasters so Get, getting rid of oko and dreadhorde arcanist does imp increase the amount of reaction you see in the format reactive plays and that does 
tamp it down a little bit and it does, you know, make you think more. You can't just slam because the other guy's not slamming. It used to be that you're, you're, you're slamming your stuff without fear of spell pierce because no one is holding up spell pierce because they slammed the card on their turn. And now, right. now you, yeah, you got to think about it. And I think that's good. That, that makes things better for Snapcaster Mage. I think what makes Seagate better is that it's, it is an effective three drop. And this is, it is now the, the idea of a three drop. Like Oko was so powerful at three that the idea of a three drop is coming down. Well, it's also one thing to be said too, where if, if people's, if, if decks aren't um, just like really boiled down to, you have so, uh, like the subsection of cards that are like the powerful haymakers of the deck. And then the rest of it is like cantrips and force of wills uh-huh. that something like Seagate Stormcaller plus Cabal Therapy can actually be a really powerful way to get edge in like mid-range matchups. It's also good against combo. Like there's something to be said that like there's there's the possibility that there may be a, a three-color mid-range deck that leans into Stormcaller because it wants something like Cabal Therapy to get value off of, you know, between that and Mentor. Like there's there's some aspect there. Or even if it, you were playing Grixis with like Young Peasy, plus that to have some uh, Cabal Therapy shenanigans. Like there's area to build there. And you're not just like, okay, I need to hit Oko or Bust, yep. right? Uh, quick note while we're talking about Grixis, Kroxa, Titan of Death's Hunger. If if the best shell isn't green-blue by a country mile, does this card have a home? It is still a two-mana. I mean, it's still it's two-mana 6-6 six, six that makes them discard, and then it comes back. I could see it as something that you would board in against really heavy, like back and forth mid-range matchups. You know, like if 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 somebody wanted to try Jund out again, right? Because you're not priced into just playing Oko, maybe, maybe Crocs is where you want to go. It, it's between Clothis, like you were saying with Kaya and Cling to Dust, there's just a lot of incidental graveyard hate that two mana Ravens Crime you is not good enough. Uh, it's Raven's crime, and yeah, especially if Clothis is like hanging around, right? Also, who's to say what Croxa actually does? Nobody understands what that text <laughs> box says. Yeah, I know. <laughs> there you go. We'll have to figure out what it does for the first time. Um, I like Joel Rail one Bully Recluse. This is the this is the one one of the green two two that makes a two two every time you uh, draw. You want to stay in card. green? Yeah, you stay in green. You play Sylvan Library. Of course, it's wow. weak to Hellbreacher. Um, courts the courts. Courts of Cunning and Grace. I think I, I already saw, I already seen both of them in decks that have been played today. So mm-hmm. worth noting. And uh, C- or Octopus. We talked about this card when, uh, we talked about this card when it was, um, yeah. there's enough really ninjas. Here. We talked about ninjas already, right? Ninjas <laughs> Ninjas is taking up all that space. It's a what about Merfolk? Three, what about Merfolk? You put on your Baleful Strix? Okay, no, okay. What about any, Merfolk? Any, okay, are there any other cards <laughs> that you want to talk about or decks that you want to talk about that we haven't mentioned anything? Um, Carpet of Flowers is a good one. I am curious to see if there's a world where we get essentially a Mystic Sanctuary. Like, I think there's going to be a couple builds of Miracles that exist, but I think that, um, I think Miracle Terminus decks are going to rely heavily on Counterbalance Mystic Sanctuary being an endgame. And so I wonder if there's a world where we see a three or four of Mystic Sanctuary control deck that is really just on the, my win condition is not dying until I just turn the corner. Yeah, I, I, I think that kind of play can come back and we'll see. Uh, on Carpet of Flowers- Fetch Counter Your Spell is very good. Yeah, on Carpet of Flowers, it was, I, I, I don't know why that was, I felt like I was seeing a lot of play. I like Carpet of Flowers, I played a lot, but I don't know why. It was just, there's a lot of islands. 
talking quickly about goblins i think goblins was doing fine i still still think it's very good i still think it's a really good deck that's really that a good goblins draw is so hard to beat that it's very frustrating at times but um i think goblins it's, goblins will be not, not if that uh auger uh frost auger starts seeing play though if frost auger sees play no but obviously not but there is something to be said that if if certain decks come back that goblins was very good against prior to like all of the ridiculous printings like if people are playing Jace the Mind Sculptor Terminus Miracles again, I don't want to sit across the table from Goblins. Yeah. Which is, yeah. I mean, Goblins might just position, if that if that kind of play style comes back, yes, Goblins is good. Let's yeah. uh, let's wrap it up because I know we got to send everyone over to 90s MTG where Phil's going to be in about 20 minutes. But um, yeah, I thought this was a lot of fun. I'm so glad this is all, I'm so glad Oko's gone. I'm just so glad it's over. I was just so sick of it. I'm just excited it was the to worst. see like, we, we came up with like a bunch of potential decks that could come back or like new decks that people might spawn. There is uh, like so much territory that we didn't even fathom that people are going to experiment in now that they can. And like next episode, just being able to dive into some of the deck lists that start showing up is just going to be mwah, chef's kiss. Yeah, it's going to be great. I'm going to try to figure out Hopefully it's it. not just like still Uro, Sylvan Library. It might be, but you know, we, we got to see. Someone's got to try the other stuff. You got to be able to, you got to be willing to try the other stuff. I mean, right now, people are uh, still playing uh, whatever it's called. Dude, um, your Fiend Artisan Thran uh, Physician <laughs> deck can come back. Yeah, dude. It's uh, true. I know. You know what I can't beat? Merit Lange. <laughs> mm. uh, how do you do a raid? Does anyone know how to do a raid? <laughs> oh, Dad, wait. Guide, help us guide the raid. Thank you. I think you just link the thing and everyone goes to that thing, right? Yeah. Review recent raids. How do I do that? I'm, Chat, I'm, what are what are other cards that you're curious about? That yeah, well, we well, we well, probably got to do a raid. Shout topic. out to Chat. Like this, it this is ended the podcast a bit. This is super fun. Yeah, we, this uh, is like, to, like this do this test. live and this would test to see if we would like to do this. So if we can, if I we think the answer is yes. We would like to do this. Yeah, we do. We just got to <laughs> figure out how to do raids from here. Duh. Tireless tracker. Does tireless tracker? Find a home outside of lands now that Valakut Awakening has kind of just taken that spot. That, yeah, maybe. I don't know. I, I it's it's whew. abusing fetch lands has notoriously been historically very good. In Maverick, they say. In Maverick, potentially for sure. Yep. It's good yeah. with it's good with Reliquary. Being being green so so green sun zenith is ah, still is a pillar of the format, right? Yeah. If you're green, you already have a leg up that you can as a one of you can be a five of. Hold yep. on, hold on. Does, does he change the name of his thing from nineties? I'm curious. He's not live yet. Let's find it. You guys well, can talk. <laughs> Gordata, there was the there was a blue black deck that had put up a couple of five O's that was four brazen borrower, four Strix, four stifle. It was pretty much just a blue black tempo deck that didn't have Delver in it. And it was really interesting and way more compelling than any Delver deck I've ever seen. Uh, so yeah, I think there's there's space for a blue a blue black flash deck. Um, there's also yeah. a possibility that like uh, legend yeah. like the legend miracles stuff can come back. Oh yeah. yeah. Also, there's a there's, great. A there's a bunch of good flash cards. Was it Ikoria that they have like a, whenever you cast a flash spell, draw a card? <laughs> they, yeah. There is. Well, the thing is, is that like unlike um, something like Alasaur Shepherd, which is is on type, a win condition on its own, and blanks an entire subsection of magic cards. Um, there is the two mana two two 
from Ikoria that has flash that says cards with flash are uncounterable. Uh, but it itself is not uncounterable, which means that it's probably not playable enough. Uh, well, it's like, like Alasaur Shepard. Like Alasaur Shepard is insane Heard because color. it itself is uncounterable. <laughs> so when you go, you know, when your opponent's holding two counter spells and you just go Alasaur Shepard, they're like, all right, I guess I'm dead. I think this so, flash deck is fine. It's like Aether Vial. That card you're talking about is just like Aether Vial. Then you summon the counter the Aether Vial, but then they no. There's a huge difference between one mana and two mana. There is a huge difference. We've, we've right. established this. We we yeah. now, I now know that um that. Uh, they're not live yet on 90s FGG, but I know that both of you guys got to get going, and I do too, because it's starting to get really cold and dark. So anyway, <laughs> thanks to everyone for, for coming out. This was a lot of fun, and we'll post this was a blast. To listen to it back the next couple days. With a, Thanks to everybody one. who's supporting us on Patreon. Uh, what else? Who, who else should we thank? Thank, uh, thank Witch of the Coast for making, for making some decisions. Well, a walker with no shirt hit the board one evening fair, and one could tell by his plus two that he wasn't very fair. We fumbled round until he could no longer let it sleep, then we shouted off into the void, so you retweet this tweet. A ring ding did little adio, ring dial has gotta go. We shouted off into the void, so you retweet this tweet. About that time a lovely Simic giant happened by. I says to the Twitterverse with a twinkle in my eye. See on Simic Giant and it sits on the old play mat. I wonder if it's true that they don't test for eternal formats. A ring ding did a little audio, ring die wars gotta go. I wonder if it's true that they don't test for eternal formats. They crept up on that power just as quiet as could be. Lifted up the threat base a couple of feet so you could see. And there before for you to view, slam down just for fun. Insectile aberration, a flipped over costing one. Ring ding did a little audio, ring died over's gotta go. Insectile aberration, a flipped over costing one. We grumbled for a moment, then they said we must be gone. Let's leave a present for legacy before we move along. As a gift they left a cascade trigger tied into a bow. A Valky Tybalt on the stack just like a talent show. Ring ding did a little audio, ring die. Apes gotta go? Oh, Valky Tybalt on the stack just like a talent show. Now the Watsi Rook to community's call has stumbled toward the streams. Behind a twitch they chose a channel, it's 90s MTG. And in their startled voice they said, add this to the list. Uh, Lozob not, I don't know where you've been, but Phil is gonna be pissed. Oh, ring ding did a little audio, ring dial Zavzot's gotta go. Ah, Zav, I don't know where you've been, but Phil is gonna be pissed.